Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Duinay. This podcast is sponsored by BoomCloud Dental Membership Software, www.boomcloudapps.com, and Veritas Dental Resources, www.veritasdentalresources.com. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Navigating Dental Insurance <laughs> Podcast. I am your co-host today, Jordan Comstock. With me, as usual, Mr. Ben Tuane. What's up, dog? What's up, Jordan? How you been? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. How, how you been? Good, man. Just busy. Kids are all sick, so I've got to deal with all of that craziness. But um, other than that, things are going well. We're uh, getting ready to go to Greater New York. Uh, the dental conference out there. And I'm excited to go out there. I've actually never been to New York, so um, I'm excited to see uh, the big city, right? Um, but at the same time, I'm not excited because I don't like big cities. <laughs> very busy. Yeah, it's very busy. Yeah, nighttime not so bad, like the middle of the night. But anytime during the day, holy smokes, you're gonna be sitting in traffic for a while. Yeah, yeah. There's we- some. We we luckily uh so our VP of sales over here at Boom Cloud he's been a, a ton of times so he's like no we're getting a a hotel like in walking distance from the event because he's like well, yes. it's gonna be crazy I'm like all right cool <laughs> you're the boss yeah. now <laughs> yeah you have to because cabs and all that I mean it's just ma- it's just crazy but it's a fascinating city you know when you sure. when you fly in are you guys flying JFK or LaGuardia or uh, I don't work. know. I'll have to look at what the, everything's been booked. I, I just don't know. I just show up and go. <laughs> yeah. JFK LaGuardia, where you can really see the city. Well, Newark, you can see the city too, but it's, a, it's an amazing an, an amazingly huge city. You know, it's nothing like you've ever seen. When you go to LA, you see a few buildings here and there, you know, LA and Salt Lake in terms of the amount of buildings is about, it seems like it looks the same. Hmm. But when you go to New York, it is a concrete jungle. Like really? it is yeah. crazy how many buildings are there, the high rises. It's actually a very fun city because from a dining experience and entertainment experience, oh, yeah, I we're, think it's, we're yeah. gonna go to a couple of restaurants that uh Tyson, our VPSLs, and a couple of my other reps, you know, they go there all the time. So like, yeah, we're gonna take you here and we're gonna take you there, we're gonna take you here, yeah. there. I'm like, <laughs> hey dudes, I'm I'm just I'm coming. Um, I will, you just, wherever you tell me to go, I'll, I'll go with you guys. Cause, um, yep. I, yeah, if, ex- if I were just going, I'd probably just go to a steakhouse and then go back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah. You got to try some New York pizza while you're there. People yeah. in Chicago don't like to hear that, you know, they, but the New York pizzas, the local New York pizza, the good pizzerias are actually pretty darn good. I love New York pizza. Sweet. Yeah. I'm excited to taste that now. <laughs> No, very good. Man, election day. We're not going to talk about politics, but today's uh, <laughs> post-election day. T- today's the day of the results. And uh, have you seen the stock market today? I haven't seen it just yet. I, I haven't. Curious. I have not looked. I've just, I've just, I think I woke up today and I read that just Facebook laid off like 11,000 people. That's all I've seen. I know they're a public company. Oh, so that, yeah, that's all I've uh, seen today. But what, yeah, what is this? What is the stock market doing? Is it? Tanking. Oh, the Dow. Yeah, the Dow fell 500 points today. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's an, it's an emotional roller coaster of the stock market. But, you know, one yeah. thing rings true is that it, it seems like, you know, with, you said it was Facebook that did those layoffs? Facebook did 11,000. Obviously, everyone knows what, you know, Twitter's laying off people. That's been like in the in the headlines, I think, for the past little bit. I don't know. I can't remember how many, but it was it was a ton um, that they laid off. And then you got other tech companies right now laying off uh, lots of people, uh, mainly because they've just they're not being good stewards of their money. <laughs> it seems like, right. They're not being smart with their cash and their, their, yeah. their revenue. They're just, they're just being irresponsible with it <laughs> is what it seems like yeah. to me. You know, obviously there's every company is different, but that's what it seems like. Every time I read something, I'm like, like, how, how did you make that mistake? You had to lay off 11,000 people. Like that's a ton of, that's a big mistake. <laughs> you know, it boggles my mind that during times of prosperity, companies tend to overspend, right? They spend, I don't know what formula they use to, to spend that way. I probably because they want to take advantage of the growth, but when, when slowdowns happen, which they happen every 10 years, a major slowdown, economic yeah. slowdown happens is that they all freak out and start, you know, firing people or laying people off, which I'm, mm -hmm. of course, you know, changes people's lives. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it seems like our our last couple podcast themes are, you know, how do you prepare for downtime? Well, yeah, we're like headed there. The recession is hitting for many people. It's already hit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those eleven thousand from Facebook. That's. I mean, that's. Uh, even though it's not like at scale across the United States, they're hitting. That's their. We can classify that as their own personal recessions are starting. Right. So you're going to start seeing more and more companies uh, do that because um, you know maybe they got tons of money. Um, from from like PPP loans, you know, from 2020 and the the growth. I know the tax scene grew quite a bit in in 2020 because everyone moved mm -hmm. to digital, right? Uh, you got the story of Zoom. You know, everyone just now everyone knows what Zoom is. You know, before yeah. before 2020, nobody knew what Zoom was. Um, so you you got you know uh, people that or companies that in the pandemic, especially digital companies or software companies and online, mm -hmm. the online economy, it grew quite a bit. So people got, usually what happens is, is people kind of get too optimistic about um, growth and, and all that. They're like, it's going to grow forever. Right. Which that's, it's it, everything always has its ups and downs. Right. So that's what, that's what I, I'm seeing, right. A lot of people put a ton of money and, the tech industry grew quite a bit and now it's contracting, which is normal and mm -hmm. healthy. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, today we want to talk about, you know, prepping for once again, another economic downturn. Um, you know, both Ben and I have uh, run managed and operated companies through several downturns and um, have learned quite a bit through through the process of going through those experiences and i'm sure you know everyone listening here too has gone through that too but we want to offer some tips and some guidance on you know how we've been able to get through some of these economic downturns and and how you should start thinking now it's better to do this now than before it's you know starts approaching your local area <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? totally because it's going to happen it, it is going to happen so what we what do we have on the list that's first is it so right off yeah. So the first one we have today, like I, so my, everyone, you know, most of my customers know, you know, boom cloud customers and our listeners know that my mom and my family's in dentistry. Uh, 
you know, and my mom runs an office and uh, my aunt runs an office. And I asked him, I asked them, you know, when you were you run into practice, uh, I asked my aunt this, who she works for Boom Cloud now. Um, what was the common write off, right? And she said anywhere between what, 250. And, well, you, well, actually, you told me this, Ben. It was anywhere between 250 to 350, um, 250,000 to $350,000 in write offs every year. Um, and then I asked, you know, um, these office managers that are in my family and they're like, yeah, <laughs> last year we wrote off 388,000 in, oh, in fees geez. that we could have collected, but you know, the insurance companies, um, that's just the deal that they're in right now with the insurance companies. I'm like, man, imagine if most practices understood how to optimize their revenue, mm-hmm. uh, with insurance by by cutting out the, you know, the bad plans and optimizing the plans that they want to, that they, they feel that are worth keeping because I mean, over the, I did the math over the course of a 30 year career, that's like 10 and a half million dollars lost because of insurance companies. Mm-hmm. That's 10 and a half million dollars for the practice owner to reinvest and to build up the practice and to increase the value and to invest into your team members and to invest into, you know, the cool tech of, of you know, in dentistry that is a, a, a lot of money or, right. or a revenue that you can put towards your retirement um, or future or current investments that you're trying to do within your practice or outside of your practice. Mm-hmm. And, and insurance is doing that to you, to your practice. Insurance oh, yeah. is doing that to these practices. And I, I just, I don't know why Ben, but I've always just had an issue with that. Why do I have an, it's like, I don't even own a dental practice. I just have an issue with what insurance companies are doing to, you know, practice owners, you know, maybe it's because I grew up in dentistry yeah. and it's close to my family, but I don't know. Let, doesn't seem let me tell you a quick story. I, yeah. I know. So last night I get an email from one of my clients out of New Jersey. Uh-huh. It's actually the, the insurance coordinator saying, I talked to MetLife. MetLife said that somebody in your office um, had, had us opted out of MetLife on such and such date. And here's the case number. And and, you know, you guys didn't, you guys didn't get the doctor's approval for that. And so she was quite upset. And I looked at my records. I'm like, I don't have any clue. Like those, that doesn't match our communications with MetLife. So mm-hmm. she's like, I spoke to MetLife and they told me all this stuff that happened. And I'm looking at the actual evidence of what occurred. I'm like, number one, MetLife is lying to you. Mm-hmm. And what the result of that is MetLife convinced this person in this practice to enroll under a direct contract mm. and completely bypass the 32% increase that we had, we put in place. And so MetLife lied to this practice or this, this insurance coordinator throwing us under the bus and basically saying, you know, if you, if you get under a direct contract and didn't say what the fees would be, you know, all the problems that you're experiencing now in terms of your, your credentialing and all that would be, I'll, I'll approve it today. And that insurance coordinator said, done, let's get it done today. Well, when I looked at the final fees, that, that wiped out 32% wow. for this one doctor for MetLife. And this practice, you know, in a single year would probably do about $275,000 in revenue from MetLife. From MetLife? That so is 30, 32% of that? Yeah. Wow. I mean, and this is, this is MetLife making themselves look like the hero. I'll approve it today. You don't need to work with these guys. Yeah, of course you don't need to work with the guys that are trying to get you a 32% increase. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But my biggest beef with insurance is that they lie. And 
they they lie to the extent where they they feel like there's no accountability that nobody's going to catch them in their lie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that politician that tells a blatant lie, and then when you fact check them, <laughs> don't like, they all do that? <laughs> where the heck did they come up with that number or that statement? You know, it's like yeah, who's people aren't fact fact checking these statements that are coming out of their mouths. Well, insurance companies kind of take it to the next level because it, it has everything to do with money. You know, on their end, that saving thirty-two yeah. percent for one practice—you multiply that by a hundred thousand practices—that is big-time savings for one sure. company. You know, yeah. So, no, it's really interesting. You know, and 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 part of you know prepping for any type of economic downturn is looking at what you know what what are your contracts you know with with ppos and like what what are you writing off and how can you optimize that by either dropping some of these plans or renegotiating them um you know in your favor obviously yeah totally just take no prisoners you know don't 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 give in to the lies that the insurance companies tell you because guess what yeah they're going to tell you your, your patients the insurance companies are going to do the same thing and they're going to throw you under the bus when, when they're talking to your patients about benefits to position themselves as the insurance company to look good. They are yeah. not your friend. Yeah. They're not in it to win it with you. <laughs> well, that's a crazy thing, you know, because they're, they're essentially, you know, you can look at them as a, as a, just a, like a type of partner that a practice partners up with, right. To offer mm-hmm. benefits and, and savings to, to patients. And it's like, Man, if I had a partner that forced me to discount everything because you know, um, forced me to discount everything, caused problems with you know with my patient's experience and blame and blame all the the bad experience stuff on on the practice, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And de- delay cash flow like that's not a really good partner. It's like the worst yeah. part. Like if I had one of those, I I I, I always say this, I would fire their ass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, I guess we got just it just drives me crazy. But we got to look at the realities too, like facing a recession. You know, the question is becomes from the patient's perspective, where would they rather go in network Mm -hmm. and out of the network? And this is a tough conversation to have because you know, back in two thousand and eight, you know, a a lot in Arizona alone, like six hundred plus practices closed down. Right, it was very competitive that market, and a lot of the patients just stopped being active right yeah um, and it's it seemed like the patients that were active were the insured patients that still had jobs you know and sure they kept coming in i was running a, a group practice at that time and you know what i what i saw was um, we were still able to have effective marketing but people mm-hmm. only wanted to go and network you know and i think i think the challenge with that mindset when we're in a recession people don't want to spend right um and, and and it seems like that a lot of doctors are fearful of going out of network, especially during a recession because of the potential yeah. of losing patients. My my opinion is that I discovered a lot of practices in 2000, well, 2010, I discovered a lot of practices in Arizona that are fee for service. They slowed down, but so did we. Yeah. But did they go out of business? No. Their, their margins probably were healthier if you, if the, at a network compared to like the in-network, uh, like profit yeah. margins. They, did, they, yeah, they, they slowed down, but the margins were still healthier than the in-network. So, so this is the big difference. For every one patient that they saw, a PPO practice would need to see at least three patients to make the same level of so profit. So three times the effort. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much. 
And so the fee-for-service practices didn't have to work as hard to sustain the businesses. The, the truth is, is the economy always rebounds. Oh, yeah. Unless, well, there's always opportunities, yeah. even in a downturn, right? Yep. I've oh, always yeah. found opportunity, right? Now, everyone can just sit and be like, well, this sucks, the economy sucks, right? Just complain <laughs> and whine about it. But the reality is, like, take action and you own it, Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is what I this is what the current landscape looks like now. How can I be creative and and make this work for my practice, right? It's just being a little more scrappy, right, than what you're you're currently used to in terms of your mindset and how you operate and grow your company. Because a lot of companies grow really well during, you know, recessions. Mm -hmm. Oh Um, yeah. So there's just just, stick it out. There's a book that from not Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the uh um Think and Grow Rich. Have you read that book? Oh yeah, you read that. that Every, everyone should read that book. Um, the, the, with every uh, challenge or problem, there's a, a, an equal opposite, right? I didn't mm-hmm. say that quote uh, the way Napoleon Hill says it from that book, <laughs> but that's one of the the quotes or or uh, mindsets that he has is like with every challenge, there's always an equal opportunity you know, on the opposite side, right? Every, any, every problem you deal with, there's always an equal opportunity, right? There's never one or the other. There's always both, right? So that's, I think, something that we should keep in mind um, as we go into this. It, mindset matters, you know, and if you have the, the wrong mindset going into a, a downturn that it, you're going to really struggle. At least that's what I have found over the years. <laughs> that Mindset yeah, no, really matters. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Like just like you know, professional athletes. Any professional athlete will tell you, it's it's ninety percent physical. Excuse me, ninety yeah. percent mental, ten percent physical. Yep. I mean, look at what uh, Urban Meyer did in, in Ohio and in Florida, and you know, taking a fourth string quarterback and wishing winning the national championship, mm-hmm. where that same effort cannot be duplicated under a different leadership. You know. Yep. And getting the team members to commit to to get their mindset in the right place, having some type of motivation, right? Yeah, totally. Mindset and effort. I would let, I would add effort in there. Um, if you have the mindset of of not uh, not scared of getting your hands dirty, right, <laughs> and putting the yeah. effort into making something work, I think that's the mindset that is both a- athletes have that. Professional athletes like our VPSLs over here is a, a, was a pro baseball player for about five years, so he, I've seen that type of mindset come out of him quite a bit, you know, when he's teaching yep. the teams over here, it's really, it's fun to, it's fun <laughs> to see that an athlete is a leader, a, especially a pro athlete like Tyson um, from our team. Yep. He played for the Dodgers. If anyone's wondering, uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully there's some fans out there. Um, <laughs> anyways, so reducing your insurance uh, participation and doing it, you know, strategically, you know, as I would say, a lot of people, well, people that I've known in the past of just ripped it out like a bandaid. That's not always the best strategy. I mean, they end up making it work in the long run, but um, being strategic with yeah. it, you know, and I know we've done plenty of episodes on that. Um, the second thing is cash mat- cash flow matters. Um, cash doesn't matter. Uh, if you got cash reserves, I mean, that's, that's great, but you want to turn it into cash flow as quickly as possible. And, and it's why one of the reasons why I've always loved, you know, membership plans over the years is because it helps practices develop a consistent cash flow or or produce produces recurring revenue 
um, which also produces loyalty. Um, so if people are subscribed to your dental office, they're less likely to cancel. And in a downturn, people still need dental care. I mean, I worked for a dental lab in 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 2007 and eight in in that economic downturn. And people still needed their work done. Like people are in pain. Okay. People care about their health care, right? And they need it. So it's like as long as you're providing ways for them to um get it um conveniently, mm-hmm. I think membership plans are a great way of, of doing that. But but they also create that loyalty system as well as, uh, you know, especially as you're dropping PPOs, you can convert people over to your membership plan. Um, in addition to that, that the, the recurring revenue, the cash flow, uh, the predictable cash flow that it generates um, is super critical. Um, there's a quote in an economic um, recession or downturn. The, the most important thing to be looking at is your cash balance and your cash flow. Um, if you're not, if you don't have good cash flow, and the crazy thing is, Ben, insurance companies kind of jack up the cash flow by denying and delaying claims, right? And making it hard to that cash flow to, to come in easy, right? That's why I like mm-hmm. I like financing and helping patients with financing and membership plans because they're they're uh, they're avenues to get the patient to accept and and mm-hmm. receive the treatment, right? Oh yeah. So when we yeah, have, we oh, go ahead. We, we did a lot of financing in 2008 and we charged patients. What we calculated was the material cost of delivering treatment as a down payment. Oh, cool. And then, Smart. So get yeah, co- covering and, the costs. Yeah. And then we did, uh, cash we did, flow. yeah, we did, we did our own in-house because uh, financing, because we had a, we hired a chase banker and he did all the case presentation. Yeah. Yeah. And he created Good. the treatment plans on the spot and, and excuse me, the, the, in-house financing arrangements on the spot with interest rates. Yeah. So you do and, the like installment plans, payment, yeah, like because, in-house installment plans is kind of what I call those. Oh, yeah. We did um, that during a recession and we had, we probably had a good, you know, we're still doing around 300,000 a month for that one mm-hmm. practice in collections. And uh, we, the, the main reason why is we are able to help people reach easily reach into their pockets each month to afford the treatment they needed. Yeah. I think that's so, a, I mean, we didn't put this on our, our list to talk about, but naturally we, we started talking about it. I definitely think that's smart. And we, we've, uh, over the years, uh, with, with, uh, boom cloud and our, uh, technology, we've added, um, we actually have had it since the beginning. We've just souped it up over the years. We've, we allow, uh, we have a system in our application that allows you to do in-house installment plans and add your own interest and have it automatically deducted from the patient's accounts and, uh, bank accounts and credit cards and or debit cards, whatever they use. And then we've recently are rolling out here in the next couple of weeks um, something like an accounts receivable automation tool that will look at your, you know, what which patients owe you money and it'll it'll uh send a text out to your patients that owe money and say, hey, it looks like uh hey Jordan, it looks like uh you, um you've got a, a cash balance owed of $2,000, let's just say it, um, click here to pay your bill and it allows the patient to choose their own adventure and they could either click and pay their full cash balance or create a uh, in-house installment plan. We have like, op- we have pre-built options for like a three-month plan, a, a six-month, a nine-month, a 12-month, and I think we go all the way up to 18 or 24 months. So the patient can then say, I could afford this, let's go, right? So we're, ma- we're, help- we're trying to help oh, yeah. 
and prepare for this economic downturn that you know that feature of our our platform is is uh i think launching in, uh, end of november 2022 or or december 2022 i can't remember but you know making it so patients can choose their own adventure and and pay for the treatment that they need and want um you know, is, is a way to, you know, generate that cash flow and get people saying yes and, and focusing on that cash flow, right? In addition yeah. to membership plans. You know, we just had our uh our batch of we have a batch of practices across the nation that are now hitting their what we call the million dollar membership plan, which is really cool because mm-hmm. that means they're generating a million dollars just in membership revenue, which is you know, wow. revenue whether you do dentistry or not, that revenue is coming in. So mm-hmm. I'm even more excited to be talking about this in the industry than I was even when I started the company, Ben, because it's, I truly feel like we're helping and empowering practices, um, especially with this, you know, an a, a up and coming economic downturn. So what's the next topic That's here? Awesome. And we, we have, um, I, I wrote down, you know, another thing to prep <clears throat> for any type of downturn is, you know, increasing lead gen and networking. Mm-hmm. Um, opportunities in your practice. And I, I chose lead gen because too many marketers are always talking about, you got to do marketing, you got to promote. And then they put their billboard, a billboard up that says, <laughs> Dr. Smith is great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or they're like, Hey, we should, uh, you know, sponsor the school, which I have no problem with. I think it's great, but it's mm-hmm. not a lead gen marketing tool. Like a lead gen tool is, is it, or a lead gen marketing strategy is creating new lead opportunities, meaning um, they're coming to your website and scheduling a, a an appointment. That's an awesome lead gen um, mm-hmm. opportunity or coming in and and maybe you have like a, a, a course on, I don't know, periodontal disease. And mm-hmm. um, maybe the patient's Googled online and they're like, I felt like I have some type of, you know, everyone's Googling these days and figuring out and di- self-diagnosing, right? <laughs> but you right. can create like a, a course, like a free course that they can download in exchange for your their, your emails and things like that, like educational content that people are searching for, right? Or how do I wipe my, what's the best way to wipe my teeth, right? Because I know that's a, a most common, you know, search term in dentistry, but providing educational content tools and, and both Ben and I have done this for years. You know, we do webinars, we do, uh, I, I write a lot of eBooks and, and give them for free to people and like, just go to our website and, and, and download one of the eBooks. And that that's my lead gen strategy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be, o- I'm open with that because I want to teach other practices, you know, that it's a smart way to do business and to, and to, meet new people that potentially can be patients. Right. Right. So Legion, that's, that's what we should, what you should be focusing on. Um, Networking is another one of my favorite things, Ben, that's how you and I met. We met just, we went went to some networking meeting. I think from, there were some consultant, other business consultants here in Utah that were meeting once a week or were trying to. And um, I'm a big fan of networking because it's how I've grown my business in tough times and good times, right? And the fact that Ben and I met through networking and and it's turned into a wonderful relationship over the years to the point now we're neighbors. <laughs> no, uh, we've, you know, the networking brought us to uh, help each other out over the years, you know, start a podcast, um, refer each other over the years. Speaking of that, I got referrals for you. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think networking is one of the best things you can do as a practice or just any business owner. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a transferable skill is what I call it. So no matter what type of business you own, you can network and it can be a benefit. So um, networking and, and meeting other businesses around your area and seeing how you guys can, how, how you can help them and how they can help you and just, you know, help, help your local, you know, other businesses out. That's kind of my mindset in regards to networking. So I don't know if you have anything on that, Ben, but that's, I think it's super important to start ramping oh, yeah. that up now. Like a friend of mine, well, client and friend, uh, Dr. Kim Nichol up in um, Park City, Utah, launched her practice June, 2020, when everything was shut down in Park City. Uh -huh. By the end of June, uh, the end of that year, she treated 500 patients. Um, you know, as a startup practice, that's wow. actually phenomenal yeah but she's part of all the local entrepreneur networking groups uh, like bni in the chamber of commerce stuff oh, like that yeah 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 if you, know, if you know anything about park city you have almost every major successful business <laughs> billionaire has a has a cabin up there. yeah totally they do yeah it's nice and when you when you're rubbing shoulders with that that level of caliber of people that employ thousands, if not millions of people, um, it, it worked out well for her to where she built a fee-for-service practice out of network with every insurance wow. in the heart of Utah where every dentist participates with every insurance plan. Uh -huh. How does she do that? Networking. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, it really is that important. I, I, I like everything that I've been able to do, you know, starting a, a company with no money, I had no money. I was broke when I started Boom Cloud. Um, it I all it, it all goes back to the effort I put into networking, right, in the industry and with people around yeah. me. And I think um, it's a really smart way to go about um, running and growing businesses because um, relationships is what matters, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's how you build companies. It's all relationships Absolutely. from your yeah. team members and your employees to yep. other businesses, you know, around you or in your same industry. Um, so I think that's a huge thing that, that as practice owners, you, you know, get good at networking and lead and creating leads. Yep, Even works. if you're not a marketer, you don't have to be a marketer. You don't have to be a marketing <laughs> genius to create leads. Um, you just need to have a little system that allows you to collect patient yep. information before they become a, a patient, Yeah, you know, Be're creative. Yep. Yeah. So yep. which leads us to the scrappy and bootstrap mindset. Yes. And I, I do need to run here. I have a very hard stop two minutes ago, oh. um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll continue. We'll sounds like one. we need to continue, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Part two. You know, bootstrapping is as simple as it sounds. You know, I, you know, I run my business. I, I feel like I bootstrap all throughout my career. Sure. You know, I splurge from now and then, but I, I invest and reinvest and save and reinvest into my team and my business. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't drive fancy cars. I don't live in a fancy expensive house. You know, I don't have high monthly expenditures personally. Um, it's but I, I, I feel like when you, when you focus your, your money spending it on reinvestment, right. Um, and of course having a massive rainy day fund, because at some point you may need to use it. Totally. Uh, but living your life, like that to where you can draw from your income to play, right? Yeah. You're not necessarily spending 100% of your earnings 
Um, that's dangerous. I see that all the time with, with business owners that spend everything that they earn because yeah, it's very they risky. live in <laughs> mansions. Yeah, and it's like you know, I I would love to do. I may do that at some point when I retire. <laughs> totally. But but now it's like I you know planning for hard times is what how I how I've been building my business. I know that we're gonna have economic downturns. So if this recession hit as an example and we had no revenue in 2023, we're totally fine. Yeah. You can do that. That's sweet. <laughs> you know? Yep. So cash cash flow and cash reserves and that scrappy bootstrapper mindset is kind of how you do that. So a lot of books on the topic. Um mm-hmm. but sounds like we'll we'll do a, a another part two episode to talk about some of the other ways uh practices can plan for any downturns here. So with that said, Ben, awesome episode today. And uh, we thank you all for listening and we hope you have a rocking day. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Jordan.